0: good morning Cedar Creek thank you I appreciate you joining us today whether you're doing that at one of our campuses or, or just watching online either way I am really glad that you're here now before we get started this morning I want to take just a moment on a very personal note for me and for my family to just simply say thank you thank you Jesus for your grace your strength, your peace, and most of all, thank you, Jesus, for your victory over death and the grave that gives us hope. Yeah, we can celebrate that. But I also want to say thank you to you, our Cedar Creek Church family. Thank you to our home group for all of the ways that you have uh, lifted us up and encouraged us over this last week and a half, your prayers, your thoughts, your post on social media, the cards you've sent, the hugs, the tears, the prayers, all of those things have meant so much to us and we are truly grateful to be a part of this wonderful church family. Now there may be some of you who are wondering what I'm talking about, maybe you haven't heard uh, this past week, uh, we lost both of my parents about five and a half days Apart And as difficult as these few weeks have been, as hard as this journey has been, I just want you to know that underneath our grief and our loss is a solid foundation of joy and celebration. Because we know where they are and we know that after 73 years of marriage, they are still together and they did not have to spend more than a few days apart. Before Jesus in his mercy brought them together. My son Ben said the other night, he said it's not exactly like the notebook story, but it's pretty daggum close, isn't it? Yeah, we are so thankful for that and for Jesus and for you, our church family. And you know, this past week or so, I've been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of introspection and and looking back over Really, not only this past week, but really for our family over this last year and a half since losing our oldest son, Philip Jr., that it's been a tough season. I want to be straight with you. It's not been all faith and joy. It's been a lot of tears, a lot of pain, a lot of struggle, a lot of questions. But if there was one thing that I would want to share with you from our journey If there's one little piece of advice I would give to you coming out of our experience, it would simply be this. Please don't do life alone. You need Jesus and the hope he brings, but you also need a church family. You need people who really, really know you, who love you and who will walk through the up and the down circumstances of life. Not because I say so or because what we have been through. I say that because that is God's design for his children. Notice what the Bible says, Romans 12, 5. He says, so it is with Christ's body. That's the church, Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all are. What? what does that say? We belong to each other. Some translations say we need each other. And I'm just telling you, it's true. Those of you that have known me, those of you that have been a part of Cedar Creek Church for any length of time, you know that for the last 21 years, this truth has been the driving passion of my life life you've heard me preach this over and over and over again and I know you some of you have been around and you're getting tired of hearing it but I'm not gonna stop preaching it because I love you too much to watch you walk through life alone we need each other in fact let me just tell you the need for connection is increasing in this world we live in. This culture, this world has actually increased our need for connection. Because technology and social media have allowed us to communicate and keep up with each other in ways we could have never imagined in the past. And yet with all of this connection, we've never been more isolated from one another. Psychiatrists and social scientists tell us that feelings of intense loneliness have increased over the last 10 years, not decreased. Why? Because we are created for so much more than keyboard conversations. We need real people in the real moments of life. Now look, don't get me wrong. I am not anti-social media. I love using social media. It is a great tool to be able to communicate information. It's a great way to keep up with what's going on in each other's lives. But it is a crappy way to truly connect with people. Because it gives us a false sense of having people in our lives. And let me just tell you, there's a big difference between a Facebook friend and a friend who will stick closer than a brother. That There's a big difference between the people who will comment and like your post and the people you can call who will answer the phone at 3 in the morning and meet you at the hospital or the funeral home or come to your house. See, the Bible says we need real, authentic connections and relationships. In fact, when the Bible paints a picture of what the New Testament church is like and should be like, It paints a picture first of a large group celebrative gathering. Of large numbers of people gathering together to lift up and praise and worship the name of Jesus. But the other side of that coin is a picture of small groups of people gathering together in homes to do life together. And I believe in what can only be God's divine timing. Because we made this decision months ago. That we are beginning next week a church-wide series, study, and emphasis called Better Together. And really for me, the goal of this series and study, our Sunday morning messages, our home group studies, our daily reading passages, the ultimate goal of doing all of those things is to bring home group to you. I've been begging you to get in a home group, many of you are, many of you are not, so I figured if you can't beat them, just join them. I'm going to bring home group in here on Sunday mornings. You think about these next six weeks as being home groups 101. For the next month and a half, we're going to focus on the basics of a healthy home group. We're going to talk about what a home group is and what it is not. What a home group does and what it doesn't do. We're going to look at the how and the why of connecting with each other in authentic community. And my hope is that more of you will take a next step and get connected to a group. And my hope is also that our existing groups would become healthier, more effective, and more focused on keeping the main thing the main thing. So here's what I want to do today. I want to help us get ready for this journey to prepare ourselves for what I'm convinced God is going to do in our church and in our individual lives. And my goal today is to just help you take one step towards being better connected. If you've never been in a group, I want to try to convince you to give it a try, test drive it. It's six weeks. If you could do anything for six weeks, I'm going to ask you to commit to just do it for the next six weeks. The end of that, you don't like it, it's not for you, you can walk away, no harm, no foul. I'm also going to try to convince those of you who have been a part of the group and passed, but life has just gotten busy and it's no longer a priority, I'm going to try to convince you to get reconnected. And for those of you who are connected with a group and you're living out this stuff I'm talking about, I'm going to ask you to step up to help me, help our church, help more people get connected to have what God desires them to have in their church family. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just telling you up front. I'm going to try to convince you that you need this. I want to give you four reasons that you need to be connected. So let's just do it. Number one. The first reason I need to be connected is because it's how I'm created. I'm created for connections. I'm created to be in a small number of relationships with people who truly care about me. God is a relational God. Did you know that? God is a relational God, He exists in community. You know the Trinity? God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three, and yet unified as one. God exists in community. Relationships are God's most obvious character trait. The one thing that almost everybody in the world knows about God, and you probably learned this as a child, maybe the first thing you learned, that God is love. What is love? It is relational. God is relational. And the Bible says that we were created in God's image. That means that we are stamped with this need for relationships. Everybody. It's interesting, really, if you look at the creation story, the creation narrative in the first two chapters of Genesis, when God creates everything, there's this repetitive pattern over and over. God would create something and then declare it good. It says God created the light and he separated the light from the darkness and he said, it's good. Then God created the land and the sea and he separated the land from the sea and he said, it's good. Then he created the fish in the sea and the... the Animals that crawl on the ground. And God said it was good. And then he created the plants and the animals. All of those things. And he said over and over, it is good. Only one thing in the entire creation story that God say is not good. Do you know what it is? Well, just look on your outline. Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now look, this is not just God's way of saying You can't leave a man on his own or he'll mess everything else up, right? This is not just God saying a man needs a wife or he'll get in trouble. This is God saying about all of us, mankind as human beings, that we were not created to be alone. It doesn't matter if you're a committed Christ follower or a diehard atheist. The need for relationships is part of the human condition. You can see throughout the history of mankind, from ancient days to modern times, men and women have always chosen to connect with each other, whether that's through families or tribes or nations or or states or whatever it is, it's because that's how we are made. We're drawn to connect with others. That's why in our prison system, the harshest punishment you can give a person is solitary confinement. To isolate them from other people. Why? Because it's such a deep need that we have to connect. The problem is that many of us are living in a self-imposed prison of isolation. Now I know some of you are saying, Phil, that's not me, dude. I got people. I got all kinds of friends. I, I got tons of friends. Let me tell you something. You may have a lot of acquaintances, but very few of us have A few really good friends the truth is most of us relationally are a mile wide and an inch deep why if we're made for these kinds of connections why are they so rare in our lives I think one of the reasons is there are some barriers to this in our culture there's some things that keep us from getting connected. i want to give you three. There are dozens. I want to give you what I think may be our top three. Write these down. One is mobility. Mobility. We are the most mobile society in all of human history. We move around, we move from town to town, state to state, from coast to coast, like it's nothing, right? How many of you, as we say around here, ain't from around here? How many of you ain't from around, you moved from somewhere else, right? Let me ask you this, how many of you have moved in your adult lifetime, you've moved five or more times? Let me see, wow, six times, eight times, ten times, yeah, you I know, mean, I was thinking, you know, my parents were married for 73 years. They lived about 60-something years in the same house, in the same neighborhood, going to the same church for six decades. Connecting with authentic friends just naturally happens, right? The problem is we bounce around and if we're not intentional, we'll stay on the surface. I'm not anti-mobility. I'm not saying that those of you that move a lot are going to hell. No, mobility's a good thing, right? And career-wise, a fresh start. It's great at spreading the gospel all over. The problem's not moving. The problem is because we move so much, we have to be intentional about developing these relationships because they won't happen naturally. Another barrier, write this down, speed. Speed, the pace of life. It's hard to connect deeply with other people when we're all running around 90 miles an hour with our hair on fire. Taking the kids to this, doing that, got to this. Working 90 hours, busy, busy. busy. We're busy, 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 busy. And let me tell you something. These kinds of relationships that God desires, they require a crock pot, not a microwave. And so we got to be intentional because of how fast our life is. The third one is what I call filtering. Filtering. What do I mean by that? As many of us live our lives like an Instagram picture. We like to cover the flaws, to put a filter, to put on the happy face and pretend I'm okay, you're okay. And the truth is we are not okay. But we don't want anybody to know. And so we just stay on the surface. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You're good. We're all good. The problem is we're not good. And unless we are willing to let somebody know that and be transparent enough to walk with us through that, we're never going to have true connections and community. I mean, look at what the Bible says about this. Romans 12, 9 and 10. This is talking about the church. It says, your love must be what? you got to get real. Love each other like brothers and sisters. You know how brothers and sisters love each other? They don't filter in the home. In the home with our family, that's when we let our junk hang out. That's when we let our, we don't put our best foot forward. We're real and honest. And we fight and we clash and we conflict. But your brother's your brother and your sister's your sister. And you hang in there through all of that junk. And Jesus is saying, that's how you should live within the church. Let me tell you something. As long as we keep holding people at arm's length, as long as we keep pretending and never letting anybody in, we'll never be fulfilled in life because we are created for authentic connections. Number two, the second reason I need connections is because it helps me connect to God. It helps me connect to God. See, not only am I created for connections, but it's through those connections that I best connect with God. Authentic relationships are essential for spiritual growth. Let that hear what I'm saying. Authentic relationships with other believers is essential for spiritual growth. I don't care how good your quiet time is. I don't care how great your prayer life is. I don't care how great your service out in the community is. None of that stuff in and of itself will grow you if you are not connected relationally. I want you to listen to this. These words were written by the Apostle Paul, who in my opinion, the strongest, most spiritually mature person who has ever walked the earth other than Jesus. And look at what he says to the church in Rome. He says, when we get together... When we connect, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. You see what he's saying? There's this interdependence on each other. That's why being in a home group is so important. It builds into your life some of these people that can encourage and challenge and hold you accountable. And it builds that into their life. Through you, you can encourage and challenge and hold accountability. Iron sharpens iron, but iron's got to get up against iron and spend time together. And it's not just being a part of a home group. The cool thing is within that home group, you can find a spiritual partner. Look at Jesus' model. Jesus had the 12, and then within the 12, he had the three, Peter, James, and Paul. uh, Peter, James, and John, he had those three. And then when in those three, he had the one, Peter. Look how many times Jesus spends one-on-one time mentoring, discipling Peter. That's the model. And you know, over this last year and a half, God has provided that. A brother for me who would sit down with me every week and just walk with me, challenge me. In my faith to help me grow to help me stay strong when my life and my world felt like it was falling apart God provided that for me he'll provide it for you he doesn't love me more than he loves you you can find it you can find it in this church you can find it in your home group but you got to reach out you got to be intentional we talk about this a lot you know the Apostle Paul he had his young protege Timothy You need a Paul and you need a Timothy. You need somebody who's helping you grow and then you need to turn and help someone else grow. That's God's design for our spiritual growth. How does this happen? How do we help each other grow? One of the ways is we can learn from each other. It's interactive, right? You ever been sitting in here on a Sunday morning and I or one of the other pastors is teaching and they share a truth or a principle, they make a statement And you like have a question, you're like, yeah, yeah, Philip, but what about this? And and you want to ask that question, but you don't, right? I've never had anybody stand up in the middle of the sermon, raise their hand and say, question? Probably because you're afraid you'll get tased by the security team, but really because this is just not the place for that. But guess what? In a home group, that's exactly what it's for. This interactive discussion, working together. It's not somebody lecturing. It's not some Bible teacher vomiting up all their biblical knowledge and history all over you. It's doing life together and helping each other grow. That's why, look at what the Bible says, Colossians 3.16. It said, let the teaching of Christ live in you richly. Why? So you can walk around all puffed up like a spiritual superstar? no so that you can use all wisdom to teach and instruct each other. It's interactive. Another way that being connected can help you grow spiritually is you get to see people live out faith right in front of you. Not in the theoretical ideas of a theology class, but in the nitty-gritty reality of life you know one of the things when my kids were young and I just to have to stay up late on Christmas Eve trying to put all these some assembly required toys together and there's a million pieces and you know I've got the instruction manual and I can read the instructions but a lot of times they don't make sense so what do I do I look at the picture I want to see what it looks like in real life that helps the instructions make sense well you need that in your life you have God's instructions these truths, but sometimes you need to see what does that look like in somebody's life. That's why Paul tells young Timothy to be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. He's saying live it out in front of each other. The only way to be an example is up close and personal. You can make an impression from a distance. But you'll only make an impact when you get close to one another in life. A third reason why I need connection is because it makes my life more impactful. Connecting with others makes my life more impactful. Being better together is not just about improving my life, but it's about giving my life more impact. It's what the Bible calls ministry. We hear that word ministry and we think, well, that's what a pastor has. A pastor has a ministry or a staff member you know, has a ministry. But the Bible says every one of us that follow Jesus have a ministry. Ministry is just a fancy way of saying God using you to make a positive difference in the lives of those around you. You have a divine calling from God to give your life away in a way that will make a difference for others. Don't believe me? Look at what God says, Ephesians 2.10. God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works. That's ministry, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Notice not only does it say we are designed for ministry, but notice the plural nature of that passage it doesn't say I it doesn't say me it doesn't say my it says us why because that's how God designs us that our ministry our impact is more effective when we work together with others that's why all of our home groups have community service projects, whether that's helping out at a local public school or, or serving with one of our local partners in the community. We do that together as a group. Why? Because we are more effective in teams. I know we think if you want something done right, do it yourself. And that may be easier, but it's much less effective if you don't work with others. Ecclesiastes 4.9 two people are better than one. Why? Because they get more done by working together. Do you understand what that say? That two people working together can literally accomplish more than they could individually working apart. It's what engineers call synergy. You know, two ox. Let's say each ox can pull a thousand pounds. You put two oxes together, you think, well, they can pull 2,000 pounds. No, together they can pull 4,000 pounds. Why? Because of synergy. But that's God's design for our lives as well. See, here's what I'm saying, I guess. Is that if you're really serious about making your life count, if you're really serious about leaving a legacy, making a difference in this world while you are here, It may be easier to do it by yourself, but it's a whole lot more impactful when you partner and team with others. And then finally, number four, the fourth reason I need connection is because it prepares me for life's storms. It prepares me for life's storms. I mean, that's where we started this conversation this morning about how God has used it in my life. But let me tell you, storms are not just a part of my life. They are going to be a part of your life story. We're all in one of three places. We're either in the middle of a storm, just coming out of a storm, or about to head into a storm. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Thank you for the encouragement, Philip. But it's the truth. It is the reality. And most of us in the storms, we want to know why why is this happening God why am I going through that and let me just tell you I've asked that question hundreds if not thousands of times over the last 16 months and I can tell you my answer is I have no idea I've not found answers to the questions for my struggle but I have found a truth from the words of Jesus that I am holding on to it's John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said I have told you these things So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. What's Jesus telling us? He's not telling us the reason for the storms. But he's telling us how we can have peace in those storms. And that peace comes from being in him. And one of the best ways to be in him is to be connected with his family. See, the question for you is not whether or not you're going to go through a storm. The question is, are you going to go through it alone or with others? Are you going to live out Galatians 6, 2 to carry each other's burdens? And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Look, you can't prevent the storms from life, but you can prepare for them. You can make sure that you're not rowing through that storm all alone in your boat. Now, I'm going to close by going back to where we started. I told you up front, my purpose today was to convince you to take a next step towards a better sense of connection with your church family. So let me just ask you straight up, what does that look like for you this morning? What would that be? What would your next step be? I'm going to give you a couple of options, maybe, to help you. But before I do that, I want to ask you to do this. Take out your program card you got when you came in. Everybody, take it out. Y'all know I can see y'all. Take it out, and I want you to tear off the little bottom, the little first-time guest survey card. Tear that off, and then I'm going to ask you to write down your commitment on the back of that, where those little lines are. Here's why. Because when we make a commitment especially in here, in this place, we are making a promise before God. We are saying, declaring, as an act of worship, I'm going to take this step. So here are your options. One, if you're not in a group, I'm going to ask you to consider getting in a group starting next week for the next six weeks. If that's you, if that's your next step, just write in those lines, I need a group. Just write that down. Now on the other side, please make sure we have your name and either a phone number or an email address so that we can help you get connected. And by the way, please, when you are writing out your email address, please slow down and write legibly. It is so hard sometimes to read your email addresses. So just fill that out. You could drop that in the basket when it comes around at the end of the service on all our campuses. You could take it and go by the Welcome Center or the Connection Station, wherever people get connected at your campus, there'll be somebody there to help you start walking that journey. We'll try to make you. Now for some of you, it's not, I need a group. It's, I need to get back to group. You've been a part of a group, or maybe you're there every now and then when it's convenient. I'm going to ask you to recommit to connect to a home group over these next six weeks. If that's your next step, that's the commitment you want to make, just write on the back of your card, recommit, and just drop that in the basket. You know why I want you to turn that in? because we're going to pray for you. We're not going to bug you, call you. You know where you need to be and you know how to get connected, but we want to pray that God would move you to follow through. So just write, recommit. That means I'm going back to group or I'm going to be consistent. Some of you, you you know everything I've talked about today because you live it out. You're in a group, you're committed, you're living that life and you're so grateful for it like I am. But here's my question for you. Would you consider making a commitment to help us get more people connected and if you're saying yes I'd like to do that here's a couple things you can do one commitment you could make is that you're going to invite somebody who doesn't have a group to join your group sometime in the next few weeks if that's your commitment just write invite invite and you're saying this week or next week I'm going to invite somebody new that doesn't have a group throw that in the basket so that we can be praying for you or maybe You're in a group and you are inviting people, but you want to take it to another level. And what I would mean by that is is it's time for you to step up and help more people get connected. That might be your commitment to maybe host home group at your house so it doesn't keep wearing out your group leader. Or maybe that means you're going to help organize the meals or the snacks or, or you want to help oversee the community service project that we're going to be doing in March. That you're saying, I want to step up my level of leadership within the group. Or maybe you want to become an apprentice. Or maybe you are an apprentice and you want to multiply out. Whatever that is, you just write, step up. Step up. That's your commitment that you're going to have a conversation with your group leader this week about how you can step up and help the group reach more people and be more effective. Whatever your commitment is, I'm going to give you a moment at all of our campuses to just keep praying about it And let God speak to you about what he wants to do in and through you over this next season at Cedar Creek. So let's do that. Just bow your heads. Close your eyes. I know we're a little over the top of the hour. It's okay. It's okay. Just deep breath. We're in no hurry. This is a serious moment for our church. This is a serious moment for you. Would you just pray? If you've already made that commitment and written it down. Would you just pray and ask God to give you the strength to be obedient, to follow through to it? Or if you don't know quite what that is yet, would would you just take a moment and say, God, I need to hear from you. God, you show me what my next step is. Because I want to live in a way that honors you. Whatever God is leading you to do, this moment is between you and him. Holy Spirit, would you move among your people? Would you fill this place with a desire to be real in our relationships, a desire to honor you by the way we connect, the way we reach out, bring more people into the family and the joy of being a part of this family? Father, would you speak to those of us who need to step up to another level of leadership, Who need to move from this is just the church I go to to this is the church I am. That this is my church. And I want to serve and connect and make the mission and vision of this church the heart of who I am. Father, move among your people right now. In Jesus' name. Amen.